News Talk 1070 KHMO presents On the Mark with Mark Hespin. News Talk 1070 KHMO presents On the Mark with Mark Hespin. On the Mark is powered by Cunis Country Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area at 221 North 36th Street, Quincy. Faith, family, and giving back. That's Cunis Country. And now, here's Mark Hespin. Good morning, Tri-States, and wherever you may be listening on the News Talk 1070 KHMO app. This is On The Mark. I am Mark Hespin, uh, brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the Tri-State area. 221 North 36th Street, Quincy Faith. Family giving back. That's Cunis Honda Hyundai. Tell them Mark sent you. Shop online, CunisQuincy.com. I was just talking with Levi Billman, the general uh, manager over at Cunis Hyundai, the Hyundai part of Cunis Honda Hyundai. I uh, just told me they're getting 44 brand new Hyundais in. They're taking the pre-orders now. So get in on it. Uh, stop by. Tell them Mark sent you when you show up. All right. Busy, busy Saturday morning. It's great to be back here live in America's hometown of Hannibal on uh, KHMO. Looking out the window here in a cold, uh, overcasty day in downtown Hannibal. Well, haven't been live the past couple weeks. Had to kind of pre-record the show due to Beauty and the Beast at Quincy Community Theater. Uh, I appreciate everyone, all the support and everyone seeing the show and all the good thoughts and uh uh, comments that I've gotten from the show. It was a lot of fun to play the beast, uh, but I am back here now focusing in, you know, obviously I've been watching everything and we've had a lot of topics to talk about, but now fully locked back in and uh, good to be live. So we are live on our, K, uh, on the Mark KHMO Facebook page as well. That is back today. Uh, you can always follow me there on the Mark KHMO on Facebook or follow me on Twitter, on Instagram at Mark Hespin, M-A-R-K-H-E-S-P-E-N. I want to waste no time because we got a jam-packed show. Try to cram it all in here in the next 50 minutes. Week 14 NFL preview, college football playoff. It's announced my thoughts, Cincinnati getting in. You know I've been hard on Cincinnati the past couple weeks. NBA trade talk is heating up. The Pacers may be blowing it all up. We'll get into all that. And, uh, and some thoughts on certain teams in the NFL right now that are kind of stuck and their quarterback situations are going to be fascinating to watch. We'll kind of wrap up with that and some uh, Matt Nagy stats as well that are just pretty brutal. All right, let's jump into it. Hespin headline number one. Hespin's headlines on the mark. All right, let's break down week 14 in the NFL. Last week, my lock and my uh, upset. Oh, I made you all some money. Made me some money as well. I had Miami minus four against the Giants. Giants, that hit. That was my lock. My upset last week was the Lions plus seven versus the Vikings. Not only did I call them to cover, I predicted them to win, and they did. Uh, Toss-up Chargers plus three at Cincinnati. Uh, You know the toss-ups. I just never bet them, but that was a wild game. Like I predicted. So uh, I I feel good about my lock, my upset, and my toss-up this week. Uh, So let's jump into it. First game of the week is actually my upset of the week. The Ravens are underdogs in Cleveland this week. The 8-4 Ravens are in Cleveland, 6-6. Cleveland is off the bye. 
The last time the Cleveland Browns played was in that game against the Ravens where they barely lost. So Cleveland is home. They're off the bye. They've had basically three weeks to work on the Ravens and try to figure out the Ravens. And they are favorites by three points at home. And I think they are going to lose this game. And I think it could be a blowout loss for the Cleveland Browns. I think the Ravens being underdogs in this game is all John Harbaugh needs to get that team motivated coming into this week. The Ravens coming off a sloppy loss against the Steelers. Uh, I think this is uh, an avenge uh, you know, type of loss for the Ravens to refocus in after that bad loss against the Steelers. Listen, the Ravens are beat up, but the Browns are really beat up as well. How much healthier did, did Baker Mayfield get over the bye week? I don't know. If his knee got a little bit better, that's good. If his foot healed up a little bit, the heel he's been dealing with, that's good. But his shoulder is still bad. That is going to be bad until he gets surgery. Uh, the weather shouldn't be as much of a factor as it was the last time these two teams met. I, I think the over-under is perfectly put at about 42 points. I see this as a Lamar Jackson makes a play or two type of game, reminding everyone why he was the MVP. I think the Ravens win pretty easily in Cleveland. I cannot believe that they are an underdog in this game. It may be a rat line from Vegas. I mean, Vegas wants us to all to put the money on it. And they, they, they feel something good about the Browns because the Browns have had three weeks to work on the Ravens. But I think that Ravens loss to the Steelers is something that uh, is not taking into effect. Uh, you're, you're not taking it much into effect in this game if you're predicting the Browns to win. If the Ravens had just blown out the Steelers, I think it's a perfect trap game for the Ravens to kind of come back to earth. They lost at, in a weird, sloppy game against the Steelers. The Steelers just lost on Thursday night football. I think there's uh, it, 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 the, the fact that they're underdogs in Cleveland. I love the Ravens in this spot. It is my upset special of the week. The Ravens are underdogs. The rare time the Ravens are underdogs, they're better coached, better quarterback. Uh, I think overall right now, the healthier roster, I'll take the Ravens to beat the Browns in Cleveland. Jaguars at the Titans. I mean, this game should be pretty easy for the Tennessee Titans. Uh, again, it's a divisional game, and the Titans have struggled sometimes playing down to their competition. Uh, the the wide receiver position is getting uh, healthier for the Titans. They've got it. I think getting um, Adrian Peterson out of the building is a good thing for the Titans. Don't worry about that. Don't try to force it. Don't try to recreate what you had with Derrick Henry. Just play with the players you have and design that offense that way. The Jags are such a mess right now. I just don't trust them on the road at all. I think this game will be closer than you think, lower scoring than you think, because it is a divisional game and the Titans play down to the competition. But listen, the Titans are 8-4. and four. They still have the one seed in the AFC in front of them as a possibility. I think they know that. They're the better coach team. I think they have more talent right now. Uh, I think the Jags also, you heard those storylines throughout the week of Trevor Lawrence saying uh, to the coaches that basically you need to get Robinson, the running back, involved more. So I think they're going to try to force that, and and I don't know what that's going to look like for an Urban Meyer type of offense in the NFL. I like the Titans to take care of the Jaguars. Pull away late, but maybe a little closer than you think as you're checking in on this game. Uh, not a big red zone game, if that makes sense. And I don't think it's going to show up a lot on the red zone. Uh, but the Titans will take care of the Jags. Raiders at the Chiefs. Don't overthink this one. Listen, the Raiders, uh, I give them a lot of credit. They have battled through a ton of adversity this year, losing their coach. 
uh, in a very emotional and, and dramatic fashion as, 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 as it could be, uh, losing a uh, star player in an extremely emotional and dramatic uh, fashion as well. And uh, they've listen. They're still in it. They're six and six. They're piecing things together. Uh, it's not going to be terrible weather at Arrowhead this uh, this Sunday. But I like the Chiefs to stay focused. The line is ten. I, I I think maybe the Raiders cover the ten. I think it's closer. They keep it around that. Uh, but the Chiefs should win this game pretty easily. I think this is a get right game for Patrick Mahomes as far as you know keeping those stats going. The last time he had a big multiple touchdown game was against the Raiders. I don't see why that changes. I'll take the Chiefs over the Raiders. Saints Jets. This was almost my toss up of the week. I have no idea what to do with this game. Uh, it's in. New York, well, New Jersey, and, uh, and so I think that favors the Jets, but the Saints are just a better team. Do they lose to a team like the Jets? Do they get outcoached? I, they just don't see that happening. I think the Saints find a way to win ugly with Taysom Hill. I, I just don't see the Jets being able to co. I, I see this as a, as, a, as a weird gadget win, low scoring. Uh, Sean Payton finds a way to outcoach Salah, and and find a way to win. It's ugly. I I, I don't think I'm going to bet it, but uh, I'll take the Saints over the Jets. It also doesn't really matter that much. It, it's an ugly game. I feel bad if this is your game and you're watching it and you're excited about it. The only thing to be excited about is hopefully Zach Wilson doesn't throw a pick if you're a Jets fan. I mean, I, I don't know why else you're watching this game at that point for. Cowboys football team. This is a fascinating matchup, one of the really good games of the weekend. Listen, the Washington football team is hot right now. They've won four in a row. Uh, the Taylor Heineke and, and this Washington football team, unlike the Vikings, they're finding ways to really win games as opposed to not lose games and or lose games. Uh, they're 6-6. Six and six. The Cowboys have been reeling a little bit. They're going to be – the Cowboys are beat up. You're hearing Zeke talk about fighting through an injury and playing through an injury – this has got to be a Dak Prescott game. It has got to be a Dak Prescott game. This game is in Washington, and I like the football team for that reason. Cowboys are favorites on the road. I think the football team uh, wins at home in a sloppy game. At bad, uh, It's a terrible field there at FedEx Field in Landover, Maryland. Football team keeps this division close. They have everything in front of them. The football team, I think five of four of their last five games are against divisional opponents. I think they play uh, each team in their division once. I think maybe even all five of their games are against divisional opponents. I have, I have to look at that schedule again. The football team has everything in front of them, and I think they're playing better football right now than uh, than the Cowboys. Yeah, the, this listen to the football team's schedule. They have five games left. Home against the Cowboys this week, and then at the Eagles, at the Cowboys, home against the Eagles, at the Giants. The football team is not out of it, folks. Their division, this division is wide open for the taking. I like the football team to upset the Cowboys. Now, do I think the football team has enough gas and Taylor Heineke has enough juice to carry them the rest of the season? I don't know. I, I think a lot of it's going to depend on how they play this week. But I do think they get a W against the Cowboys team. It's a little beat up, on the road, sloppy conditions, bad field. I'll take the football team at home. Falcons at Panthers. I, you know, this game was also a toss-up close one for me. I don't know what you bet in this game. I, you know, new offensive coordinator for the uh, for the Panthers firing a Joe Brady. I, I just don't understand that move at all. I think that was kind of a scapegoat move. You know, he has Sam Darnold and Cam Newton to work with. I think at this point, if you're the Panthers, smartest thing you could do 
is a power run offense, everything through Cam Newton running the football, and and you you put your whole offense into that. No Christian McCaffrey. Uh, this is a really beat up Panthers team. I like the Falcons to actually win this game in Carolina. The Falcons, I think, have more to play for, and they got the healthier, better quarterback right now in Matt Ryan. It's a it's a game that I think goes over the 41. I don't think there's a lot of defenses can be played in this game, mainly because the Panthers' defense, the start of the season, pretty good young, but they're beat up. They've lost uh, their best corner, uh, their young draft pick corner. Uh, they, they The uh, Falcons' defense has not been good all season. So I think points are going to be scored in this game. Over 41, I certainly would take it, uh, but I, I think the Falcons find a way to beat the Panthers uh, in Carolina, mainly just because I just don't trust Cam Newton at all right now, unless he's running the football. Seahawks at Texans. Yikes. I mean, this is an opportunity. It fell into the lap of the Seahawks to stay alive, stay relevant. Uh, you know, eight losses means you can only get to nine wins. There's a possibility in the NFC, very much so, that the final wild card spot could be to a team that's eight and nine or nine and eight. You see a lot of that right now with where these teams are jumbled up in the standings with teams like the Niners, teams like the Vikings, teams like the Seahawks, if they can get right. I certainly think they do. I certainly think they take care of the Texans. Davis Mills has now been named the starter for the rest of the year. That ain't good for the Texans. Uh, as far as winning games, but I get why they're doing it. Why not play the young kid, see if he can light a spark or has any place in your organization going forward. I like the Seahawks to take care of the Texans. Do they cover the eight and a half? I don't know. I don't trust the Seahawks to really cover anything at this point in time, but they'll obviously get a win in uh, Houston. Lions at Broncos. Listen, uh, there's so much of me that wants to take the Lions in this game. Denver's getting favored by 10.5 points. I don't know if Denver should be favored by 10.5 points over anyone. I think it's going to be an emotional scene in Denver, obviously with the tragic death of Demarius Thomas. Uh, He was such an integral part of those Peyton Manning teams, that big win with Tim Tebow in the playoffs. What a talent, and and rest in peace, gone way too soon. They're going to honor him before the game. I think that can muddy up uh, this game a little bit just because it's going to be emotional in Denver. So, So many ties that he still has that organization. I will say this. I think the I think the Lions cover the 10. I think Denver finds a way to win this game. They're just a better team and I think a better coach team than the Lions right now. Uh, but the weather's going to be nice. It's going to be out, outdoors, uh, 60 degrees in Denver. Uh, I, I, I can't imagine that it's going to uh, – it's going to play too much of a factor at all for the Lions. I'm fascinated to see how the Lions play after a win. They got the monkey off their back. Do they get blown out? Are they a little, you know, rest easy? Or nowadays there's some momentum. Do they have a little bit more fight in them? Do they want to prove that this, you know, that they're finally turning things around and getting wins for Dan Campbell? It wouldn't shock me if the Lions win. I'll take the Broncos to win just because I think they're the better coach team. I know they're the better coach team. And I and I and I like their defense right now. And Teddy Bridgewater not to turn the ball over. Also an emotional game. I think that leans in the favor of the Broncos being at home uh, to take care of the Lions. Giants at Chargers. This is my lock of the week. The Chargers will win this game by more than ten points. They are favored by ten. I would hammer the Chargers minus ten at home. The Giants are going to be without Daniel Jones and without Mike Glennon. They signed Jake Fromm off of Buffalo's practice squad this weekend. 
uh, last earlier this week. He will probably be starting for them in this game on the road, trying to learn this playbook and 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 put the Giants in some sort of position. I, the Chargers are an offensively explosive team. I think the Giants will put up some points on the Chargers. Their defense isn't playing that great. But this Chargers team, I think, is going to come out motivated. This is as big of a layup win as ever. I, I like Brandon Staley to have his team focused, ready to go, to just come on out. And I, I if you're the Chargers, if you're the Chargers, every every down that you're on defense, you should bring full max pressure Jake Fromm. Make him beat you. Who cares if he even gets a garbage touchdown or two over the top? Just assault, Just go after him. Assault him. Bring the blitz. Uh, and I like Justin Herbert and the Char- and the Chargers offense to score big against this Giants defense. Love, 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 love the Chargers at home against the Giants. You're listening on the Mark News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. Breaking now week 14 in the NFL. Brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai. We're in the afternoon slate of games here. Bengals hosting the 49ers. What a fascinating matchup. Uh, two teams, one, the Niners that are slightly underperforming, but you've been playing better football of late. And the Bengals, at this point in time, you have to say to themselves, coming off that tough loss against the Chargers, but they've already surpassed their projected win total for the year at 7-5. and five. They have really had an impressive year. Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow uh, with Joe Mixon and what they're doing. Joe Burrow's owned for 23 touchdowns and 3,100 yards already. I like the Bengals in this game at home against the Niners. Listen, the Bengals can score. They're offensively very, very gifted. They have a lot of weapons, and they're confident. This Niners team on the road, I don't trust them in uh, as much. Uh, they're 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 piecing things together. I mean, Debo Samuel is basically not only their number one wide receiving threat; he's become their number one running back threat right now. I think this Bengals defense has enough teeth in them to not get totally burned by the San Francisco 49ers run offense. The Niners will put up some points, but the Bengals can score. And the Niners defense doesn't scare me right now against this Bengals team. Listen, San Francisco is favored on the road against the Bengals. I love that for the Bengals. I think the Bengals will take care of the Niners, get a win at home, get to 8-5. and five. The Bengals still see their division in front of them as well to be hosting a playoff game. Uh, I think they, uh, they sense that motivation. They're going to come out with urgency, especially after getting kind of hit in the mouth by the Chargers last weekend, uh, finding a way to battle back. Uh, I think you'll see a focused Bengals team at home against the Niners. Bills at Bucks. This is my toss-up. I, I mean, I think most of you saw this coming. You know the drill with the toss-up game. Uh, I just can't bet it. I, I just can't get a feel on this game. Listen, the Bucks. I think are the better team right now. They're at home. Tom Brady's thrown for thirty-four touchdowns and thirty-seven hundred yards. He's the MVP right now. He's been incredible. But this Bills team is very good. And this Bills team is like a, a, a wounded dog being backed into a corner. They just got uh, embarrassed. Uh, they are, they are uh, you know, the national media is trashing them all week. And they have a very talented offense and a very talented young quarterback. I, I, I think the Bills could get a win in this game. I, I But that being said, I know when I trust my eyes and know that the Bucks defense there's so much teeth in them. But what is the Bucks defense really good at? Stopping the run. The Bills don't run the ball anyways. I have no idea where this game goes. The Bills are the hungrier team. 
If I was forced to make a pick in this game, I think I would take the Bills to win in an upset. And that scares me because the Bucs are at home and the Bucs are a better team, and my brain knows that. That's why it's a toss-up game. I'm not going to bet it, but I'm going to, you know, pour a bag of checks mix, get a, a, another Miller Lite cracked open, put my feet up, and I'm going to watch the you-know-what out of this game. It'll be a fascinating, fascinating game. A lot of people, myself included, could have seen this as a Super Bowl matchup to begin the year. Easily, easily. If you would have told me back in August 1st, Super Bowl, Bills, Bucks, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I could see that happening. Two great teams. Uh, and we're getting it here, and it means a lot to both teams. The Bucks have the one seed in the NFC in their sights. The Bills are clinging now to playoff hopes, especially with the Chargers, the Bengals, and even the Browns having a chance to get back into it this week. Uh, th- this is a it'll be a fascinating, fascinating game of the week type of stuff. Listen, Sunday Night Football, the NFL is so mean. The NFL is just cruel. Uh, Bears at Packers. I'm so sad. This is so depressing. I'm very not excited for this game. I mean, it's Bears Packers. The only thing I have to look forward to is Justin Fields is back. That's amazing. So I get to watch Justin Fields. That's cool. Can I give some Matt Nagy stats here really quick? Can I just give some Matt Nagy stats? I, I'm going to present them. Try to present them without emotion. But this is some Matt Nagy Bears uh, stats right now. You ready for this? The Bears have 173.8 passing yards per game. That's last in the NFL. You know when all the announcers make jokes when you're watching a Bears game? Ah, the Bears haven't had a quarterback since Sid Luckman in the 1940s. Sid Luckman, from 1943 to 1947, averaged 189 passing yards per game. That was in the 40s when you didn't pass the football. He's averaging more passing yards than Matt Nagy's Bears offense with Andy Dalton, the guy he wanted, they paid $10 million for, and Justin Fields, your incredible young talent, in 2021, when the rules are made for offensive football, he's averaging less passing yards per game than Sid Luckman in the 1940s Chicago Bears. That's why Matt Nagy should be fired. And listen, you, you just can't be that bad. It's not and it's not the talent. Darnell Mooney a, is a terrific young talent. You have Allen Robinson. You spent a second-round pick on Cole Komet, and you have Jimmy Graham. The talent at, at the tight end position. You have an offensive line that is average. It's not the worst in the league. It, it needs improvement, but it's getting healthier. Borum has really showed up. Jenkins is coming on back. You're strong in guard, center guard. You have David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert, young uh, running back, showed a lot of promise. And you average 173.8 passing yards per game, worse than the 1940s Chicago Bears. That's why Matt Nagy needs to be fired. Your system sucks. It sucks. That's the last. The Jets are averaging more passing yards than the Bears. Your system sucks. I'll add to it. The Bears wide receivers have caught the fewest catches in the NFL. Yeah, that's not shocking. Even though you have talent at the wide receiver position. And they have the second fewest touchdown passes. So not only are you not even passing the ball well, 
your yards per game stink, and you're not even getting red zone passing touchdowns. With your tight end, Jimmy Graham, who you're paying almost $10 million for, and your second-round pick, Cole Komet, big end zone target. I mean, it stinks. And at some point in time, you have to say, is the coaching staff just not developing the talent well enough? That Those are the reasons why Matt Nagy needs to be fired. Listen, I'm going to watch every second of Bears-Packers. I have a Bears parlay. I do think this will hit. The over-under in the game is 43. I think that goes over because I think Aaron Rodgers will probably put up 30. I think the Bears could get to 17, especially with like a late touchdown. So I think that I think you hit the over there. The over for the Bears is 14.5. I think the Bears will score at least 15 points somehow. They'll find a way. The weather is going to be cold, but it won't be too bad. Cairo Santos will get some kicks in. The Packers will be up so big at some point in time, the Bears will get some garbage time offense scores. And then uh, the Bears plus 12.5. I, I think the Bears could get within 12.5. They can make it to where it's a 10-point game by the end of the game with a garbage time score. That's plus 310, so 10 bucks to win 31. I'm I, 100 bucks to win 310. That's my Bears parlay of the week. I'm, I've already put my bet in for that. But that's where Bears-Packers, I mean, it's going to be bad. Aaron Rodgers is going to kick our butts again. So, yeah, that's where we're at. Just know that when it's happening, I feel just as bad as you think I feel. And Matt Nagy deserves to be fired, not because of what's happened in this game, but because he is an offensive football coach. This is a team that has offensive football talent, and their passing offense is worse than the 1940s Chicago Bears passing offense. Yeah, that's why he should be fired. Finally, Monday Night Football, Rams-Cardinals love this game. Cannot wait for Monday Night Football. I'll take the Rams to upset the Cardinals. I think the Rams get back in this. I think the Rams and Matt Stafford has a big game against this Cardinals team in Arizona. The the Cardinals beat the Rams in L.A. I think the Rams tie it back up. Uh, Arizona's favored by 2.5. I like that line. Over under 51. I actually think it could be under. I think this is you'll see some defense. I think these teams know each other. It's it's a divisional game. I think I think Matt Stafford. Uh, you know the Cardinals still trying to get all the pieces back with Kyler Murray and everything. It could be a little rust. I think the Rams ran the ball really well. I think Sony Michelle Henderson Jr. had big games. Uh, Cooper Cup gets a touchdown or two. Rams take care of the Cardinals and stay in the fight uh, for their division as well. You listen on the Mark News Talk 1070 KHMO on the KHMO app. That was your Week 14 NFL preview. We got to take a break. When we come back, thoughts of the college football playoff on the Mark News Talk 1070 KHMO. Hometown News Talk 1070 KHMO and the free KHMO mobile app for your smartphone. Hey, Sean Hannity here encouraging you all to stay up to the minute on all the information on the coronavirus pandemic. Listen to my show. Go to my website, Hannity.com. Staying in touch with your local health professionals, and most of all, listening to this great radio station. By staying informed, we will stop the spread of coronavirus. We are Hometown News Talk 1070 KHMO. Welcome on back to On the Mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. Brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Faith, family giving back. That's Cunis Honda Hyundai. All right. We, bowl season is upon us. First off, uh, what do we got? Army-Navy today. That's always a great game. 8-3 uh, and three Army, 3-8 three and eight Navy. I think it's at Navy uh, today. At Met, Well, it's at MetLife in East Rutherford. That's always great. It's always great to see 
that traditional uh, game being put on out. This is a good Army team, and uh, it'll be fun to watch. So you get a little college football here on a Saturday. And then bowl season begins in earnest next Friday with my MAC champion NIU Huskies taking on Coastal Carolina. That'll be a fun game, 9-4 and four Huskies, 10-2 and two Coastal Carolina. Think about the Huskies is you got to remember – they had a really interesting schedule this year. They're not afraid to schedule people. I mean, they beat Georgia Tech to start the year. The loss to Wyoming, that lost 63-10 to to Michigan. At the time, seemed bad because Michigan, we didn't know how good they were. Now we know Michigan's really, really good. Uh, but then the Huskies just rattle off, dominated the MAC, uh, beat Eastern Michigan, beat Toledo, beat Bowling Green, beat Central Michigan, took care of Ball State, took care of Buffalo, beat Kent State when it mattered in the uh, MAC championship game. And this Huskies team now uh, with uh, Rocky Lombardi, they get an incredible bowl opportunity against a good Coastal Carolina team. That'll be really fun. Some of the other bowl matchups I'm looking forward to here throughout bowl season. I think there's a couple good ones. Missouri Army, I think, will be really fun on December 22nd on a Wednesday night. That'll be a fun one to watch down in Texas. Um, I think um, you have some interesting matchups with teams looking for coaches like Florida, University of Central Florida. Can UCF upset upset the big uh, big state school? Um, I think there's uh, really interesting, fun matchups too, uh, like uh, Clemson-Iowa State. How often does that game get to happen in the Cheez-It Bowl in Orlando? Uh, Oregon-Oklahoma. The coachless bowl. Uh, these two teams, you know, uh, well, uh, Oklahoma just got uh, Venables, but Oregon's maybe trying to bring back Chip Kelly. Uh, two very good rosters still, and uh, that'll be that'll be a fun one. On is that uh, uh, the Wednesday the 29th at the Al, uh, the Alamo Bowl? Uh, it's North Carolina, South Carolina, and the Duke's Mayo Bowl. It's some interesting matchups: Pitt, Michigan, uh, Pittsburgh, Michigan State, um, but. Let's focus in now on the college football playoffs. So I was a guy who was really hard on uh, Cincinnati all year, saying Cincinnati didn't deserve to get in. And I still believe that. Cincinnati had a lot of things fall their way, and they did enough to be in the right spot when things fell their way. Cincinnati needed there to be some chaos, and they got it. They really did get it. I mean, Ohio State fell off the map. Oregon fell off the map. Clemson fell off the map. And then um, Alabama beat Georgia. You know, uh, there's all these things that, that went well for Cincinnati. They they are in it. They are the right choice of all the teams that, that are left. And where you look at the rankings, they are certainly uh, put themselves in it. And I, and I think the committee chose right to give them a chance. And I think they gave they, they seeded this thing perfectly. A lot of people are saying Michigan should be one. I disagree with that. Uh, Georgia and Alabama, to me, have the better case to be one. They all have one loss, Alabama, Georgia, and Michigan. Georgia's loss came at the worst time, even though I could argue it's maybe the best loss. You know, it's neutral field against Alabama, the defending champs, the reigning dynasty. Um, they're very much the big brother. Uh, Alabama seemingly dominated that game, so that hurts Georgia. But the Georgia loss happened at the at the worst time. You can't lose the last game before the playoff selection comes out unless you're one undefeated and you blew out everyone else all year, which Georgia did. Alabama, I think, in that term, deserved the one seed. No one questioned that Georgia was the number one team overall the last six weeks. They were blowing people out. Good teams. And we were waiting for Georgia to maybe have a slip-up. It never happened. 
They were dominating their competition. So Alabama dominating them on a neutral field, to me, is the best win of the season. Even though Michigan's win over Ohio State's very good, and it was impressive, it was at home against Ohio State team that already had one loss and was coming alive, but young quarterback, young team, um, you know, in a little bit of a rebuild year, they'll be better next year with Stroud. Uh, you know, it's not as impressive as the win. So Alabama, I think, deserved to be in the one seed. I think Michigan deserved the two, especially because Georgia lost when they lost. And and at this point in time, Cincinnati, a lot of people are complaining because, well, Cincinnati's not getting a fair shot. Listen, you get in, you're in. That's all you wanted, right? You want it in? I'm not going to put you the one seed. You're in. You are going to have to play one of the big boys. You're going to have to play the winner of the Big Ten or one of the two SEC schools no matter what. You weren't getting a cakewalk just because you got in undefeated. So Cincinnati gets their shot. They get Alabama at the Cotton Bowl in Texas. Uh, It's going to be a heck of a matchup. Alabama favored by 13.5. I like Alabama to blow them out. I think Nick Saban is a coaching mismatch. It's a front seven mismatch. Wait till when you watch this game. What all you need to watch for is the first series. Doesn't matter who's on offense, who's on defense. Let's just say it's Alabama gets the ball to start versus Cincinnati. Look at Alabama's offensive line and the size when they introduce the players versus the size of Cincinnati's defensive line. And then when Cincinnati gets the ball on offense, look at the size of their offensive lineman versus the size of Alabama's defensive lineman. Alabama's got hogs. They have, they have NFL bodies in the front seven. Cincinnati doesn't. So Cincinnati may be able to score a little bit, get a couple cheap touchdowns, but they're not going to physically dominate Alabama. And now Bryce Young is young, so he can make a mistake or two to keep Cincinnati around, but Alabama will win that game. And Michigan-Georgia, these two teams want to play the same game. They want to beat you at defense, and I hope Michigan wins. I really do. I I, I hope we avoid the rematch. I think it'll be better for ratings, Alabama-Michigan. I think Michigan's got a really good chance. I'll take Michigan to win uh, just in a Big Ten bias, and uh, I think defensively they match up just as well as Georgia. They have the physical bodies. Georgia-Michigan, the offensive lines and the defensive lines, no difference. So Georgia's got a little bit better speed, but I don't know if that's going to matter that much. I think Michigan keeps it close and finds a way to win. Maybe they get the play on defense that make the play uh, to win the game. I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be great. I think I hope we get Michigan, Alabama. I think got it right. And then you got a couple of the great bowls: Notre Dame, Oklahoma State on uh, New Year's Day in the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, Iowa, Kentucky will be fun. Utah, Ohio State, the Urban Meyer Bowl at the Rose Bowl. Uh, Baylor, Ole Miss, as uh, as Lane Kiffin is staying in uh, in in Mississippi. A lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff. And uh, very excited about bowl season. Happy for my NIU Huskies as well. I think the committee got it right. I think the seating is right. I think uh, I think uh, congrats to Cincinnati for putting themselves in the position. They put themselves in the position. And and at that point in time, that's all you can do. That, I mean, that's really all you can do is you you kept winning, put yourself in the position, and the and the chaos happened around you. I mean, they beat Notre Dame, so they deserve to be ahead of Notre Dame. 
A two-loss Ohio State team doesn't deserve it. A two-loss Baylor team doesn't deserve it. Everyone else is two-loss. You stayed undefeated. You did what you had to do. And you don't belong above one loss, Georgia, Michigan, or Alabama, but you belong above one loss, Notre Dame, because you beat them, so you did what you had to do, and then all the other teams are two loss or, or worse. Uh, so you you did what you had to do. So kudos to Cincinnati. They're going to get embarrassed, I think, but that's all right. It's crazy to think Cincinnati got to a, uh, the college football playoff before, like, Florida, Texas, USC, I mean, some big, big schools. And uh, fascinating to see and think about. You listen on the Mark News Talk 1070 KHMO, KHMO, brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda Hyundai dealer in the Tri State area, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Faith, family, giving back. That's Cunis Honda Hyundai. When we come back, the NBA trade talk is already heating up. Why one mega superstar. Could be on the move, but only one team really makes sense to me. And uh, and why one team should blow it up, because they can get a ton for what they have. And why m- most of the contenders, I can name eight teams, they're going to be bidding for about five players uh, if this team just does decide to blow it up, and they should. You're listening on the Mark News Talk 1070 KHMO. I've got muscular dystrophy. That means my muscles are weak and it can be hard to breathe. Now is a scary time for everyone as we are at a higher risk for respiratory infections. In good times and bad, the Muscular Dystrophy Association helps kids live with neuromuscular disease. The pandemic places more than 200,000 adults and children with muscular dystrophy at a greater risk. Breathing is often hard when you live with a neuromuscular disease, but the Muscular Dystrophy Association is here to help. MD is what ensures they receive critical medical care at one of over 150 care centers across the U.S. During COVID-19, kids like me are at a greater risk. The Muscular Dystrophy Association needs your support now more than ever. COVID-19 won't stop us. To learn how you can help, please visit helpmda.org. Thank you. Hi, I'm Megan Hawker, and welcome to Heartbeat. One of my favorite hobbies is gardening. I really enjoy all that goes into planting, caring for, and watching my flowers grow. When I saw that one of my favorite authors, Beth Moore, had written a book called Chasing Vines, I knew I wanted to read it. Before I even started reading, I loved one of the phrases from the back cover. Nothing in our lives is wasted, not the places we've been planted, or even the painful pruning. Nothing is for nothing. Friends, even on our darkest days, there is beauty. Nothing is wasted. Think about the verses in Matthew 6, 25 through 34. Why do we worry about our everyday life when we consider the lilies of the field and the birds in the air? Look at how God cares for them. Are we not more valuable to Him? Heartbeat is brought to you by the Salvation Army. You've played it safe during COVID-19. Now, for women ages 40 and older, playing it safe means asking your doctor about getting an annual mammogram. Mammography saves lives. One of them may be yours. For more information, visit mammographysavelives.org. Clouds at times today with highs around 46. West winds 10 to 20 miles per hour. Lows level off around 32 tonight. Ample sunshine expected again tomorrow. High temperatures reach up to 53. 
Dry with temperatures well above average. Monday and Tuesday, and highs from the upper 50s to the mid-60s. Right now, 36. Welcome on back to On the Mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. Brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area. 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Faith, family, giving back. That's Cunis Honda Hyundai. Tell them Mark sent you. You may be hearing me flipping through some pages right now. And that is because I'm trying to get all the way back to, oh, what? Uh, early October. When I did my NBA predictions. Um, all right, so I got that. All right, we'll get to that in a second. So what I want to do is start with, here we're getting into NBA talk here a little bit. Uh, and the main thing is Damian Lillard, there's now, it's a really confusing situation in Portland. They don't have a general manager right now. Uh, Dame is clearly not that happy. The uh, The Blazers are, are struggling. They're, they're the 11th seed in the uh, um Western Conference right now, they've out of the playoff, out of the play-in. They've lost four in a row. They're three and seven in their last ten, and you know they're just struggling. They they don't have. They've never been able to really give Dame the support. I think Dame at this point is open to moving, uh, and and the and the Blazers are open to trying to build something around Dame still, but they just don't want Ben. They want Ben Simmons, but they don't want to give up Dame to get Ben Simmons, and the 76ers don't want. A trade with Ben Simmons unless they get a guy who's like a Damian Lillard. So that's a weird stalemate. Damian Lillard to me and moving Damian Lillard, if you're the Portland Trailblazers, you've got to send him to the Eastern Conference. You cannot send Damian Lillard to the Western Conference. He cannot end up in Memphis, in Phoenix, in Utah, in Golden State, in L.A., in Dallas, in Denver, anywhere in their Houston where he's just going to bite you in the butt for the next five years. Because Dame's going to be still very good for the next four to five years. you got to get him to the Eastern Conference. And if you look at the Eastern Conference, there's a couple places that, to me, it makes sense. I mean, Dame on Milwaukee, to get Giannis Dame, I mean, that would be insane. Uh, if You know, if Dame could get to Miami and you could get uh, him with Jimmy Butler for the next couple years and Bam on a bio, that would be insane. I think if Dame could, you know, find a way to end up in Philly with Joel Embiid, that would be great. The problem is all of those teams I just listed, I don't think they have the assets that Portland is looking for. But there is one team in the Eastern Conference that not only has the plethora of draft picks that Portland would be looking for, multiple first-round picks protected over uh, unprotected, excuse me, over the next couple of years. So Portland would just get all these first-round picks and a couple players to, you know, keep, you know, a C.J. McCollum, Nurkic, and, and, and still build and be competitive is the Boston Celtics. I think Boston makes a ton of sense. You basically, if you're Boston, say you can have anyone but Tatum. Take anyone but Tatum. And also, if you have Tatum and Dame in the East, that's a top eight seed. That's a top five seed possibly in the Eastern Conference. Those are two guys that could take turns being the one, the one A, uh, depending on the night, and 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 you give up as many draft picks as you can, and you say, hey, T- Jason, for the next four years, you and Dame can grow together, learn from them, and, and Dame's never played with a guy like Tatum. Tatum's never played with a guy like Dame, and those two guys would be incredible together. So I just think he has to go to the East. If Milwaukee... Uh, or the 76ers or Miami 
can find a way to get him, or heck, even Washington or Brooklyn, you go for it. You go for it. Any Eastern Conference team, if you can find a way to get him, you go for it. But I think the Boston Celtics are the ones that just make the most sense if you're the if you're Portland because you want the picks. Now, the reason I was going back in my notes to find my NBA predictions is because I am a very smart man, and I predicted that the Indiana Pacers would miss the playoffs, even though they are a very talented team. Now the report's coming on out that the Indiana Pacers, and they are, they are uh, uh, in third to last in the Eastern Conference, 11th, 12th, 13th, 13th seed in the East. They're four games under 500. Uh, they're five and five in the last 10, and they're not playing great. The rumors are there's a possibility that Indiana wants to blow it on up. They have Malcolm Brogdon. They have Karis LeVert. They have DeMonte Sabonis. They have, um, uh, and then they have uh, Turner. All teams, and Malcolm Brogdon, all teams, four, all four of those guys would be incredible assets to a lot of teams in win-now modes. The Bulls, Nets, Bucks, Blazers, Lakers, Clippers, Heat, Wizards, 76ers, Mavs, Grizzlies, all could use guys like that. Get John Morant, a guy like a Sabonis or a Brogdon, another running mate, a Karis LeVert, that'd be huge. Can get Luka, a Miles Turner or a Sabonis or a, a Brogdon or LeVert, all that would be huge. Get Bradley Beal, one of those guys. Get If you're the Heat, adding a Miles Turner, some uh, some depth or some bonus to go with uh, your, uh, to, go, to go with Bam Adebayo that would be huge for the Bulls. Could you, could they get a Sabonis or a Turner? Have Turner play center? Get Vooch to power forward. That would be a huge move as well. The Nets obviously win now mode. The Lakers could use a Turner uh, to help take the pressure off Anthony Davis and actually play center. Let Davis play the power forward like he wants to, anyways. All of these guys would be very, very valuable so they can get a lot for them. Keep your eye on the Pacers blowing it up and the big-name teams going big-name hunting for Sabonis, Turner, Brogdon, and Levert. All could really uh, be key pieces for contenders. we got to take a quick final break when we come back. Last couple thoughts and some quarterback situations. On the mark, Newstalk 1070 KHMO. And the free KHMO mobile app. Uh, you're listening on the market news talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai. You got to ask about that complimentary lifetime powertrain warranty to, on all new and used vehicles. CunisQuincy.com. Tell them Mark sent you. Faith Family Giving Back. That's Cunis Honda. Cunis Hyundai. 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Only two minutes left here. I want to wrap up really quickly by saying we're at the point in time of the NFL season when you're you're looking around and you start to realize kind of the writings on the wall for some teams, you know, Pittsburgh Saints football team Broncos. They're all still alive at this point. I think the the football team will make the playoffs, but they're all really solid rosters, right? They're all in playoff contention even though their quarterback play has been kind of disastrous across the board this year. The Steelers, the Saints, the football team, and the Broncos, I think all would be doing themselves a huge disservice if they went rookie quarterbacks in or in the draft this year. I don't think the talent's there. I, I like the picket guy out of Pitt, and maybe the Steelers take a chance on him or someone does higher in the draft. He'd be great in Atlanta to sit behind Matt Ryan for a year. But if you are one of those four teams... I think you have got to start looking at big game hunting. You've got to start preparing yourself, getting picks to shop for Russell Wilson, 
to shop for Aaron Rodgers, to shop for Derek Carr, to shop for Deshaun Watson, depending on how his situation finds out. These are all really good rosters that if they get the quarterback position right in the offseason and they hit on one of the big names, they could be instant Super Bowl contenders in a year from now. Uh, I think it's really fascinating to watch. We're at that point in time of the season where you can kind of see that writing on the wall with some of these teams. Keep an eye out for the Steelers, Saints, football team, and Broncos. I think the football team of that group it could actually make the playoffs, but all of them, I think, would be doing themselves a disservice if they don't go big game hunting in the offseason. Start preparing for that now. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of On the Mark here episode. I think it was 114. 114. That's crazy. Uh, thank you so much for tuning back in on Facebook Live. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Mark Hespen, M A R K H E S P E N. I will see you next Monday morning on uh, Kick FM, or Mornings with Mark and Sam at 6 a.m. sharp. Enjoy your weekend. Happy football watching. It's not every day that taking a